Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's draw against Falkirk, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, you've stopped rustling for now, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Glad to be back. Good stuff. Rhys Ardain's here. Rhys, how are you? Hi, very well. Um, looking forward to discussing the, the Thistle goings on again, as usual. Heather Holloway might be here. And running off our panel is David Forrest. David, are you well? Oh yes, um, I'm doing well. Uh, well I'm excited to talk about this game, but no, I'm not. It's It wasn't great. Well, I'll start with you then, David. Have you, have you seen Barbie or Oppenheimer yet? Uh, no, me uh, me and Heather were talking about this. I'd like to go see Barbie. I think it looks like a visually stunning film. It looks really good. I have no interest in Oppenheimer whatsoever. So, no, I, I might end up going to see Barbie, but I'm not going to see Oppenheimer. Come on. Oh, I'm going to see both tomorrow night. I'm quite excited. I'll feed back. Doing the double. Yeah. <laughs> Please I'm, do. I'm, yeah, I'm anti-nuclear war, I think, and nuclear weapons. I think after your 9-11 comment last week, it's important for me to clarify these things. I'm anti-nuclear weapons, but uh, I'm going to go and see it, if that doesn't make me a hypocrite. Uh, Saturday's game then, still no Jack McMillan, um, still no Robinson, he's still out injured as well. Reese, are we concerned with that? Were you concerned when you saw the starting 11 on Saturday? Just before we go into that, I've seen Oppenheimer and it was very good. I'm seeing Barbie tomorrow, so I well, we should just patch the thistle pod and we'll talk about this. But no, in all seriousness, uh, when I seen the lineup, I wasn't too concerned because obviously it was the same team that obviously went out and put on a good show in at Tanadice. Uh, it's a wee bit disheartening when it's been said for a, a wee while now that McMillan and Robinson were sort of earmarked to be back for this game. McMillan especially, I, I don't think anyone's expecting massive things from Robinson at the moment. We've not really seen much of him. Um, but we know how good McMillan was last season, and it's disappointing for him to play, I think it was 52 games all in last season, um, never missed a single game, and the first three games of this season, he's, he's not been on a bench, not featured at all, so it'll be disappointing for him personally, I just hope it's nothing serious, and we get him back straight away, but with the starting 11, I don't think there was too many changes that could have been made, it was it was nice to see uh, Toure get on the bench and a couple of other youngsters, but um, it would have been nice to see Maybe one or two of them get their debuts, but I was, was happy with the lineup. Do you agree, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, much the same. I was saying after the Dundee United game, I thought it'd be pretty similar lineup, if not the same, and it was pretty similar. I was happy enough to see Sneddon get another chance. I thought I think Mitchell will probably play the Spartans game. I think he's going to continue that trend of playing a goalkeeper. Each keeper gets a game each and then rotate, play we've done in previous seasons. and so happy to see the team stay pretty similar. I'm glad to see Stanwyck and I'll start, Mackenzie and I'll start. But like Reese was saying about McMillan, I do hope he's back soon. Mackenzie's done a good enough job setting on right back. He was really good at Dundee United, but I really do think it because he kept McMillan back. He was player of the year for a reason, and he's always a mess when we don't have David, what did you make of Saturday as a as a day and as a performance from Thistle? It was it was not great, to be honest. I think the opinion was a bit split in terms of who was the better team. I probably thought that Falkirk were the better team. I mean, James Langle was unreal. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. But Falkirk, obviously, they've they are a side mountain, a challenge for League One. They have somewhat got their ducks in a row, whereas we don't. It's always going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, this group stays considering our circumstances, but even with that. After the performance we put in against Dundee United, I think everybody's expectations were a bit raised, and it, it was quite disappointing. I thought we were—we've shown flashes of 
good play through, throughout the group stages, but I think overall, the majority of it has been quite poor. I said maybe second half against Dundee United, even the first half against Dundee United were quite poor. I, I was strange. I think I would say that Falkirk probably deserved to win um, on Saturday. Uh, so obviously to get an equaliser was fantastic. And frankly, I, I never want another penalty shot in my life. I'm I'm done. I'm over them. Like the, the novelty has worn off. Um, it's yeah. Like it's no more of these, please ever. <laughs> No, I agree. I think everyone agrees with you there, David. I know you've said we've only really had maybe one good hour out of the four and a half hours of football we've played competitively so far. I'm still not panicking yet. I, I think just the, the situation the squad's in when McMillan comes back and Robinson. Hopefully a few more signings too. I think we're, we're in a good place. We're getting good performances out of the, the, the young players who are coming in. So I'm still not panicking yet. Reese, do you agree or is there a bit more concern from, from you? I'm not. I'm not panicking. Uh, definitely not panicking because, like, like we say, the young boys that are coming in, they're they're filling in, they're doing a job, and we know that. Well, fingers crossed, anyway, that this isn't going to be our team for the league season. So there's there's things that we come, but I would say we are, we are kind of massively underprepared at the moment, um, and that's no fault of Dooling or, or the club or anything. It's just the position we find ourselves in, and transfers are taking our time. Like this is. It's a fan podcast, so this is just rumours amongst ourselves. But I'm sure, like we all heard, and a lot of the fans heard that there was going to be two or three signings this week, and nothing came of it. And we're thinking, well, we're still short for this this Falkirk game. Don't know what's happening on that front. And obviously, like David said, Falkirk are are well prepared for what what they're going to be going for this season. They got. I remember there was a day where they announced I think three three signings at once, and I think they had a couple of pre contracts as well. So they laid, laid them their stall out early this season. They got their bodies in. They've been there for the whole of pre season. Um, I don't think that they'd be expecting to make any more signings unless something came up, whereas we've still got all our business to be done. So I, I, I wouldn't be too worried in terms of that game as such. You know what I mean? There's a, a lot of stuff to, to happen. And when you think about it, it was an itchy pitchy game, both of their goals. I don't I don't want to sit and criticise players and stuff, but for me, I thought Sneddon was really poor for both of their goals. I heard one of the worst shouts I've heard it for in a long time from him. From a certain Gary Lynn, if he's listening, he turned around and said that Snedden made a cracking save for the, the first goal initially, which I don't agree with. I think he, he parried it out right in the middle of his six-yard box. I mean, Ross McKeever doesn't even hit the ball. The ball gets hit off him and it goes in and it. And as a goalie, you just you can't bear that. You need to parry it wide. And for the second one, there's, there's nothing going on there. It, should have been, it shouldn't have got to that point. It should have been tackled. It should have been fouled before he even gets to that, that angle. It's just a, a hit and hope, really. And it beats Sneddon is in your post. But as I say, Mitchell has, in my opinion, is, that solidifies Mitchell as being the number one and he will come back in for the next game. And I think it's Mitchell's jersey to lose now. We'll have the goalie chat now then, Jamie. Do you agree with that? What did you make of Sneddon's performance on, on Saturday? And do you think, do you agree with Reese that that does solidify Mitchell as the number one? I'm scared what to say here in case you at me in the chat if Mitchell makes a mistake. But um, yeah, to be honest, Sneddon had a really poor game on Saturday. I think he was a fault for both goals to be honest like we said the second goal shouldn't have got to that stage I remember saying to you Max when you were at the game I was saying I thought it was a mess in the build up it was usually you'd expect Sned to save that at minimum they you know, just parry out for a corner but I don't know if he misjudges it or what I thought he maybe got a hand to it at the time it's kind of hard to tell on the replay and kind of pushed it further into the net the first one might have taken a slight deflection on its way through it's kind of hard to see on the replay can't remember at the time to be honest but again you're expecting to deal with that a bit better he kind of slaps at it almost into like, the penalty spot and then McKeever just kind of bundles it in it's, it's two really poor frustrating goals to concede and I think 
any, any goalkeeper makes those mistakes are going to get criticised for it. And yeah, as like I said earlier, I think Mitchell will be playing the next game regardless of how Sneddon played that one. But I think if Mitchell keeps a clean sheet or doesn't make any glaring errors, then he'll likely start. Pro- I expect him to likely start against Rafe, to be honest. No, I completely agree with both of you. I think Sneddon was it was at fault for both goals. I'm sure he'd admit that as well. And even though, as you said, the second one especially, that shouldn't have a, that situation shouldn't have been allowed to escalate. And I think the the strike just came a little bit earlier than Sneddon was expecting, and that's what's caught him out. I think the first one's just a bad bit of goalkeeping. For me, I, personally, I would still have Sneddon as my number one. I think you go into a League Cup group stage, and I think we all spoke that both goalkeepers were going to get two games each. I don't really think the decision was going to come from who played better in the two games. I think we've had a really good sample size from both goalkeepers. Like Sneddon's been here for, well, in and around the first team for what, four or five seasons now. With Mitchell and goes for most of last season. For me, based on the, the body of work I've seen over all that time, Sneddon would still be my first choice. I, I would, I think Doolin will probably go with Mitchell to start the league just because he, he played um, all, nearly all of Doolin's run last season when we were so successful. So I think Doolin probably has a lot of trust in Mitchell which is completely fair enough. It's just a sort of personal opinion, I think, then would be would be my number one. However, if you're going to make a case to me to drop Jamie Sneddon, the case would be why he's suddenly wearing short sleeves. If, you, if you're going to pitch that he should be dropped for that, I'm, I'm willing to listen. David, who else caught your eye on, on Saturday? Who else would put in good performances? Anyone else concern you a little? One person I really liked, um, I thought was Ziri Williams had his best game. I thought he looked a, bit, a lot more assured and he'd, he'd grown into the game a little bit. There was one or two challenges where he was just absolutely running guys over. I thought he was much, much better than he was against St. Peterhead and even sort of mo- most of the Dundee United game. He was probably the one that I noticed the most. And Lawless is always quite good, but I, I think Wazeri Williams is the one that I thought was most improved, certainly, um, since the start of the group stage. But yeah, that's to be honest, I think we were quite a a poor side, but um, I think, yeah, just in terms of improvement with Siri for me. Reese, anyone else stand out, get past marks for you? Yeah, like David said, if you're going to be singling anyone out for a bit of praise, it probably would be with Siri. There was a, a lot of times that uh, it was sort of covering for Harry Milne, which is mental to say, and it's not really a dig at Harry Milne because it's probably the worst I've seen him because of how high his standards have been, but Aggie Man was, was having a lot of joy down Milne's side, and Obviously, Milne's come back for quite a long layoff, so you expect that. He scored in his first two games, so he's came back and he's been doing well and he just had a, an off day. Um, but I thought with Siri was cleaning up pretty well, and for the most part anyway, um, and helped Milne out down that left-hand side. Um, across the rest of the park, I thought Graham was, was fine. Scored a belt and a free kick. It was so satisfying to see that strike from an off-stand. I thought Fitz had done all right, but it, it wasn't a great game. There wasn't a... There's no one that's going to live long in the memory, bar obviously Graham scoring a free kick and James Lyon scoring a belter of a goal. It was two nice goals, probably befitting of a, a better performance, but it, it wasn't to be in, and ultimately a wee bit of drama for if you're any neutrals in attendance to get to see a penalty shootout. But known, known as Fussle fans, I couldn't think of anything worse than more penalties at the minute. Jamie, do you still expect us to go go through the group? We're on, we're on six points after three games. I've drawn a couple, I've picked up a bonus point at Peterhead. Do you still expect us to progress? Yeah, I think we probably will. I'd like to hope we will anyway. You, Dundee United, we wanted them to do us a favour because they're pretty much out of it at this point anyway. I think they might actually mathematically be out of it at this point. And 
you know, hopefully we will have enough about us to get the three points against Spartans at home. I know Spartans haven't been easy customers for anyone they've played so far in general, but you'd hope we'd have enough about us to at least get any sort of win over them. I'm not I'm not exactly be keeping up to date with other tables, so I don't know if we'd be able to go for as one of the best runners up. I'd say maybe not because we've only actually won one game outright. We've got two points in one and one from another. And in previous seasons, when we've gone for as best runner up, we've usually won other games, but lost one on penalties or lost one outright or whatever. But we've won the other ones to get through. This time we've dropped points in two separate games, so I'm really not sure. I think if we're going to go through, we just need Dundee United to do us a favour, but I think we've got enough of to do it, and hopefully Dundee United don't just down tools and they want to get a bit of momentum about them, a bit of good feeling before the league, so hopefully they can do us a turn. David, how, how bad and how concerning will it be if we don't get out of this group, especially if we don't beat Spartans on, on Saturday, and it will be the strong favourites. I'm going to guess we'll all predict Thistle victories, even though we've not got any correct results on the predictions this table, but how concerned will you be if we don't make it out of this group? It's it's a real tough one because realistically, is it, I think is it forty fifty grand you get for getting out of the group? I think is what you get. We could really use that money to be honest, and I think that we are probably bank. I hope we're not banking on it because to be honest, you know, we we shouldn't be. But I think that forty fifty grand could be really good. You get a tie in the, in the last sixteen. Might be a favourable one, you know. It might, it could be one at home. It could be Hearts or Hibs away or something like that. I would say it would be already a bit of a failure, considering our good record in the the League Cup. We've only not progressed once in like the last what? I think it's been so seven years, seven eight years since um, the League Cup groups came in. We've only not progressed once, and we should be keeping it up. And, you know, we saw what it was like last year when we got to the quarterfinal against Aberdeen. Even when you're quite poor, if you have that sort of cup run, it's good. But I think it's a group that was eminently in our own hands and it's a tough situation for us at the moment and we shouldn't expect to be steamrolling teams or anything like that. I think we've got enough about this to beat Spartans. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout between us and Falkirk, to be honest. Um, Who can score the most between us and Spartans and Falkirk and Peterhead? So, I think we can do it, but it, I mean, as Jamie said, we need Dundee United to give us a favour. So I just want to say good luck and God bless to Ross Docherty and Kevin Holt. Um, I, 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 you know, I obviously would never want to boo you um, or or say anything negative about you. And I'm sure, you know, any comments that we made last week about you will be uh, stricken off the record because we need them to really pull something out. And to be honest, I think they will. I think Dundee United maybe will have calibrated themselves to the point where they can they can beat Falkirk, you hope. Um, I, but yeah, I'm I'm expecting Dundee United to give us a dig out and then us to beat Spartans. And yeah, I think we'll go through. But even in the second second place, there's no guarantee we'll we'd end up nine points if we beat Spartans outright. And there's a lot of teams who are probably going to end up. You're going to be like four or five teams are going to end up in five on nine points at the end of the 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 games but they all have like plus three and plus four goal difference and stuff like that and we have plus one um at the moment so it's we're not going for a goal difference so unless we absolutely tank spartans which i'm not expecting um it's going to be tough but i think we will edge it in the end 
yeah, I think I think I'd be obviously concerned if we don't beat Spartans, but if we do and we don't go through, I don't think that's massive co- cause for concern. As disappointing as it would be to miss out on the chance of a cup run and some some extra money, David, just to avoid the the sort of image that we might be spreading fake news. I believe it's two years we've we failed to get the group. That was two straight years. Once when we were in League One, and then the first year back in the Championship. But you are right, we do have a good record in the League Cup. So long may that continue. We've been joined by Heather Holloway. Heather, you were you were given two weeks extra summer break, but you've turned up late back to your first training session. I hope I hope the excuses are good. I hope you've got your fine money ready. How have you been? Yeah, great. Thanks, Matt. And I do apologise for my shocking timekeeping today. And I'm very glad to be back. I've enjoyed listening to the last two weeks. But yeah, I've just been been crazy busy, been enjoying other sports other than football, been at Wimbledon. And uh, I'm off to Lewis and Harris tomorrow. So I was in the last minute, get all the food ready, because apparently when you go to an island, there's no food there. So just had the, the last minute panic. Apologies to any Islanders listening. Um, I take it when you say that you've enjoyed other sports that did not include the Open this weekend because that was tough. Um, Heather, what did you make of Saturday's game at Furhill? Firstly, totally agree about the Open, and um, and it was it was tough viewing for for all who enjoy golf. I think the Scottish Open had had more promise, and it was great to see Rory win, and it was great to hear that David Forrest got it correct. So very proud of him uh, the game on Saturday firstly it was great to be back at Fur Hill and even though obviously the the fact that there was no hot food left etc caused a great chaos I thought it was a really tricky game to know because I went on Facebook afterwards and people were furious about the way that we played and I and then and I did think there were certain people that didn't have their best game. I thought Harry Milne was quite disappointing. But then equally, I thought Stevie Lawless played really well. I think people were really busy. I could, the young boys looked tired slash weren't like fully, like looked, I felt like a few times Xander McKenzie looked like he was a bit confused about who was taking what player, especially when he got double teamed a few times. Also, because that was the first, like that was the first proper game I've been at as I've missed the, the first two. To end the season with penalties and then start the season with penalties, that felt very traumatic. And I, I really don't want to see any sort of penalty shoot out for the next year. I think I'm just I'm just done with them. Slash, I might just walk out because it's not good for my heart, my health or anything. Um, but I just, I mean, it's a, it's a classic thistle. I feel like the goals came from mistakes that we made. I also just feel we don't look completely match sharp yet, or I know that hopefully we should be getting some more players in to strengthen it. I just feel like now we just feel a little bit like bare bones. And I don't know if that agrees or disagrees with what the the others have said, but that's how it felt for me. Though uh, James Lyon's goal was fantastic. It was absolutely sensational. And... um, David can definitely back me up here when I said that that free kick was definitely going in. I definitely said that, didn't I, David? I can attest to this. It is absolutely correct. I was sitting, I was sitting next to Heather when it happened, and I'm I'm happy to back her on this one. There's lots of backing up of predictions here. I don't think David predicted McRoy would win the Scottish. I think David predicted McRoy would win the Open. We'll need to check the tapes on that one. But I think you've nicely summed up what everyone said so far, Heather, I think. That what you've said about just not looking quite at it, maybe looking a little bit short, but some some okay individual performances sums it up nicely. We still come to you with a couple of listener questions. Dave Donnelly's asked, 
Have the young players, um, who we should probably shout out individually, have they changed your views on, on how or where we need to recruit? And on a similar vein, Liam Kane has asked, how many players do we do we still need to get into the league season? Um, I'll try and I'll try and sort of put them both into the same question. So I, I do think that the young boys will play a, a much bigger role than they did last season. Um, like we said last week, it's kind of down to necessity a bit as well. Um, and they have filled me with a bit of confidence. Um, <clears throat> like Xander McKenzie's filling in at right back. That's not his natural position. And the fact that he can do a job there, they can go to Tanner Dyson and, and play so well, it is promising. But I do think we definitely still need bodies in. I think we need quite a few bodies in, in a number of positions. I mean, we, we, we lost 11 players last season due to um, obviously like a good few moving on um, and releasing a good few as well. But we've we brought in with Siri Williams, brought in Ben Williamson and Scott Robinson. But there's still a lot of work to be done to the squad um, and I, I hope that we can bring in these bodies because even if Ben Stanway and Xander McKenzie, James Lyon, even if they step up to the floor, you need a squad because you know what it's like when we go through these bad spells with injuries or, and whatever happens. I know it's not really happened under Dooling yet and touch wood that stays that way, but if that was to happen to our squad this season and we don't recruit this summer, then we're in big bother because we, we simply don't have the players um, and it's getting to the point in the season, I know there's still another month or so of the window to go, but you need to start thinking about who we're going to bring in, or at least get somebody in the door. So yeah, to answer that question, I think there's a few midfielders we need to bring in. We definitely need another defender, probably someone that can cover a few positions. I'd probably say we need another striker as well, because like we've said in this podcast as well, I don't think Anton Dowds is, is the answer to, to, to when Brian Graham isn't firing. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a few positions needing filled, but it is good that the the young boys can can at least help chip in at some point. Jamie, what's your take on where we need to strengthen the rest of the window? Yeah, pretty much agree with everything that's been said so far. I think we need another striker as well. Would I think probably need another winger as well? To be honest, it looks like we're not signing any of the trialists that we had on the couple friendly games we played. So I think we need to get another winger in. Fullback as well for Carver. I know Xander McKenzie can play there, but I still think we could use maybe a fullback slash kind of midfielder, that kind of Lee Hodson role, kind of a utility player is kind of handy to have. Another defensive midfielder as well. I could even see if de- depends how much money we have to spend in the window, where Dylan wants to strengthen, but even another centre half is for cover. Yeah, I think that's minimum what we need to bring in in this window, to be honest. And I'm hoping we do it because it's been. I'm not in panic stations yet or anything, but it has been quite a lack of activity so far in this window. So we only have three signings and we're two weeks away from the league starting. My ideal. Reese, do you come back in there? I got told uh, a rumour on at the weekend there. Well, it's not a rumour, it's, it's a fact, right? But I've not seen it being mentioned anywhere. And David can, can bleep out the player's name, but I want to see what your opinions on this would be because it would divide a few. But we've got David Amu in training with us. Would you, I don't know if it's a case of him keeping fit or us wanting to sign him, but would you take him? I mean, we, I've been peddling the David Amu as a jag rumor for about three years, so um, you yeah, know, maybe. bring him home. Yeah, I'd be happy with it. I know he obviously took United in last year, but I think he would stroll this league. I don't think we need to bleep that out. I don't, I don't really. I, don't, I can't speak for David, but I don't. Uh, you don't need David Amu. It's a legal team, no. No, I'd, I'd probably be quite happy with that, especially the situation we're in at the moment. I don't think it's a choice who you're happy with or not. It's almost a, a needs must if we can't get anyone else in. But yeah, I know he's not had the best season at Dundee United, but that might 
motivate him. Obviously, they've stolen a couple of our players, and they'd probably find it a good laugh that we've taken David Amu after the performances he put in for them last season. But that might give him an extra little bit of motivation if he ended up in the red and yellow. Um, David, we had a, another listener question from at PTFC Thistle on Twitter who asked, is there any truth to the Welsh lad we have in trial, that rumour? Um, you are the, the guru this summer, it appears. And he's also asked, uh, when are we starting a TikTok? You're a man in your 30s. I'm keen to hear when, when the draw is a draw kick. TikTok is, is going to be on the go. Um, in terms of a TikTok no, it's not happening. I'm 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 not in for that. I can I'm I'm an audio guy, I'm not a video guy, I'm not I'm not getting involved in any of that. Um if if Jamie wants to do one in his scouser accent, that'd be smashing, but um apart from that, no. Um in terms of the yeah, Welsh guy in t- in terms of the Welsh guy we've got in trial, I don't know my my Kabbalah sources have not confirmed this one, but I'm sure it'll be in. Um Matt, can you do me a favour? Can you just say the words Matthias Pogba for me? Mm. Or you can pick I, I another player. His, I do fear his legal team. Right. You'll pick another player then. Anyone. David Amu. Right, that's fine. Okay, thank you. So we'll just go uh, David Amu take Dundee United down uh, last season. So that's fine. In terms of strengthening, we I think we need... To be honest, we've got 11 players at the moment and we need a full bench and basically to make players look over their shoulder and fight for places. I think that's where I would say it, but um, whether it's David Amu or some Welsh guy uh, or Brandon Diaw, get him. Get, uh, if he comes in, we'll get a TikTok at that. I can make a TikTok at that, but apart from that, no. Hey, Heather, last listener question. Vinny's got in touch and asked, where should we fit McKenzie in if we assume Jack McMillan's going to return to right back eventually? Uh, should we have a, a rejig somewhere else in the team to accommodate McKenzie? How impressed have you been with him? Well, firstly, I would say when David says he isn't a dancer, but then are both away with the dance mat, I just don't quite see how that correlates. So I still back a David Forrest um, TikTok. I think it'd be great. On to the more important question, which was about Xander McKenzie. Yeah, firstly, I think, I mean, we all said it like at the end of last season and then into the playoffs that he really seemed to come into his own. He definitely has the grit and determination to be there. I felt like on Saturday, potentially he got a little bit targeted or that was maybe where Falkirk were strong, but definitely can see a place for him in the team. I think potentially he could play the role that Ben Stanway is currently playing for me because I also felt like James Lyon came on and did really well there I just wonder if potentially the kind of the young boys will alternate in that position equally he seems to be quite strong on a wing and um, his crossing is definitely improving so potentially him coming in the side and then Lawless or Fitzy moving in a little bit more central that could also be that could also be something but I do think there is a place for him and I mean, I actually, I felt so sorry for him with uh, missing that penalty. You could tell he was really frustrated about it. But you do think when you are the last one taking it, like you must be the one that really doesn't want to. So I did feel quite bad for him there. We'll take a look at the Spartans game then, just on that theme. Reese, any changes you'd like to see to the starting eleven? David mentioned earlier we might need to look at the goal difference if we're going to go through as as a best runner-up if results elsewhere don't go our way. Do you think that'll be in, in Dolan's mind at all when he's picking the team? Not, not particularly. I think he'll keep the same sort of shape, to be honest. Um, I don't see Dowds coming in for a start. Uh, changes that I'd make, I'd bring in Mitchell, like I say. 
hopefully McMillan is back and you can put him in like Heather was touching on, like where do you put Xander McKenzie to and, and like where do you accommodate Ben Stanway and stuff? Out of all the young boys, the one like I'm a I'm a huge Xander McKenzie fan, I think he's got a massive future. But this sort of pre not preseason, this League Cup run, uh, group stage anyway, I've been most impressed with Ben Stanway. I thought he like I said on the pod last week as well, he was my man in the match at Tanadice. I know that McKenzie got it um from the via play and stuff, but if I was to keep one of the two on the team, it would, would be Stanway at the minute. So if McMillan's fit, McMillan comes back in at right back. If there's any signings coming in, um, I would not hesitate to throw them into the, make their debut against Spartans. Uh, when this League Cup group got drawn, I didn't particularly think it was too kind to us. I know there's no Premiership club in it, but I thought Dundee United would have been a, a tough ask, but with the, the hardest team in the league and the, the group, and we've, we've went to their place and beat them. I knew that Falkirk would, would prove a stiff test, and uh, obviously Spartans themselves, they're on an upward trajectory. There's not, and it's never an, an easy feat when you go and play a team who are sort of used to winning every week. So there's no there's no mugs in the division. Even you look at Peter Head, they, they took they took a point, uh, they got a point against us as well. So. It is, it's a very tough group, um, so I'd keep this, the team, this, not, I wouldn't keep it the same, sorry. I'd bring in Mitchell and McMillan, but I, we've got to hopefully pick up a win here and, and fingers crossed we can get a few goals. Hopefully we catch Spartans in an off day, but it won't be a 5-6-0 thing. It won't be a steamroller, but hopefully we, we can put a few past them. Jamie, what sort of game are you expecting at Hill on Saturday? I'm expecting quite a competitive game. I think it'll actually be relatively end-to-end. I don't think Spartans are going to come in setting or anything they've been scoring goals in this group against teams and leagues above them so I don't think they're going to come fearing us and put 10 men behind the wall I think they are going to actually come at as an attack and I mean we're going to have to do a bit of defending I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game but I'm just hoping we have enough of it to take our chances because sometimes some recent games like the Peterhead game and the um, Falker game I felt we really didn't create enough clear-cut chances so I wouldn't be against maybe a slightly more attacking game plan this game especially you know the you're thinking about it, it's like lower league opposition again they're absolute no mugs but you want to be going in there with not a super defensive lineup you want to be going for it and like David mentioned earlier you can maybe need a couple goals for the best runners up thing I don't know if we are in a position to go for his best runners up or not but regardless yeah and I would never trust us with a one goal lead either because we could easily chuck that and it's another penalty shootout and then if it goes to penalties you're probably thinking we're kind of screwed for when it comes to going through at that point, even if we get a bonus point. So, yeah, just a competitive game, but I think hopefully we'll have enough about it to just get comfortable enough when. David, do I kick us off for a prediction? Um, nobody has scored yet three games into the season. I mean, I've been doing a lot of maths of the table while you guys were talking to see, and it's, it's kind of in the air. I'm, I'll, my, my heart says um, 7 0, uh, Fissile. My head says um, 1 each penalty shootout, I'll go in the middle and I'll say 4-1 Thistle. Tricky. Uh, Heather, prediction from you? Um, 4-2 Thistle. Anton Dowd's hat-trick. I think some are taking this predictions table more seriously than others. Uh, Reese, a prediction from you? I'm going to be the, along the same uh, goal difference as David, but I'm saying 3-0 Jags. I think we will get a win. I think we'll get a, cut, a few goals but it's not going to be plain sailing. I can see them coming sort of spirit like maybe in a bundle maybe two or three goals quite at the same time and the rest of the game will be a bit of a, a slugfest but I don't think it'll be a walk in the park. I also think that Dundee United will, will do us a favour by beating Falkirk and hopefully we will progress. And Jamie? 
going to say, same as what I said for the Falkirk game, I think I'm going to say 2-0 Thistle. I think they will come at us, like I said in the preview. I think they will make a bit of a game of it, but we'll get some big chances. We'll just take them, maybe a goal off a mistake or something. At the end of the day, hopefully we keep a clean sheet. be good for confidence, good for the defence. So, yeah, 2-0 Thistle. Yeah, I'm actually, Jamie, I'll go 2-0 as well. And if we do win 4-2 and Anton Dows does score a hat-trick, I'll probably be taking some time off the podcast, so... Sure I was going to say that was, that. Quite, that was quite harsh, Matt, for my first week back to criticise me in that way. I feel cut. I'm probably not, like, nobody's probably in the position uh, in this on this podcast to have a go at anyone else's predictions right now. Uh, but I, I would be very surprised if we see a 4 2 Downs hat trick. Well, I mean, I even if we if we win 4 2 and Downs doesn't get a hat trick, I still get the points. I was just saying that's a joke. That's true. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Heather, you had a busy Sunday yesterday. You were at the Copperdale Jags and then at the Jags Foundation barbecue. Did you have a good day? I thought you were also going to mention the fact that I went to Barbie after that as you well. Mi- you missed the Barbie discourse earlier, so you can give us a, a Barbie review as well. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, so Copperdale Jags, that was super. It was so fun. I baked and um, and I got some lovely compliments. So thank you very much for those of you who, who gave me those compliments. It was really fun. The Jags for Good Jags Foundation game, which was one of the last group games, was very feisty and not I'll, um, the shin pads were on for that one. And a few people got, um, yeah, a few people were on the floor for that one, which was quite enjoyable to watch. But some really good football and the women's teams were fantastic. And it was one... Um, Comex team and they and the and they were brilliant. But yeah, so really a really good turnout, good vibes, a a good DJ set. Yeah, it was great. And then the barbecue was fantastic. Uh, just such a nice. I mean, the sun shone. It was supposed to rain, and we were a little bit worried. And um and never and it's it literally started raining at six o two, which was when the barbecue finished. I think that must be John Lambie again smiling down at us. But yeah, it was really great. Connor Beltoni was there chatting away and um just really good vibes. There was a good raffle. There was a face painter, and I think everyone just enjoyed being back together and complaining about our football team in the way that we that we do but yeah it was, it was great and a super turn out and look forward to the next the next thing for the jazz foundation and just to touch on really quickly obviously james kearney's article came out uh, i think it was today but just what's happened in the last few weeks with moving together with the trust and the jags trust it's just a fantastic time for our club off the pitch and hopefully we can start to match it on the pitch but i think it's just a you know this is a really important moment and lots Lots of people have just become, you know, very important in in what goes on at Fairhill and the fan ownership thing is well and truly on the way and we should all be really proud of the part that we've played in that. Great stuff. And did the face painter get paid? Uh, yeah, they did. They definitely, yeah, they definitely did. And I think um, um, my my niece got a really cool thing and I thought that's going to be like a thistle top in a few years, like in like 20 years time. It was red black and red like striped on her face and then with stars in it it was very it was very cool uh so um that's what my money's on for another time but um also loved barbie thought it was absolutely brilliant so um definitely would recommend good stuff david a shout out to evie who uh i was with um heather and evie uh, on saturday for the second half of the game 
uh, regaling me about how Evie drank Peterhead out of soup. Um, and yeah, um, we, me and uh, Evie were talking about soft play and about how uh, what Evie's favourite soft play was and stuff like that. And I'm very jealous. And to be honest, that that may have an episode down the line, me and Evie going to soft play together. That, that could be a TikTok. But um, I would love to see the Jags a good Jags Foundation game. That sounds like. Knowing the sort of personalities involved in that, that would have been a good laugh to see, especially if they were chucking in the tackles. It was 2-1 to Jags for good. It, that was the final result. It was 2-0, and then they got a penalty. Sorry, it was 2-0 to Jags for good, and then Jags Foundation got a penalty, and the penalty was missed. And then they scored, but they managed to hold on. And I think there was a few people who felt like they should have been the Jags Foundation team and said we're in the Jags for good team. And I think a few of them celebrated a bit hard. So, yeah. Stuart Bannigan awarding penalties and then folk having the cheek to miss in front of him. What that could do bad things to that guy. That's that's not on. And we'll finish Stuart with... Had the, Stuart Bannigan was telling people off for like foul <laughs> things. And I, and I think that was, uh, that was quite... Like, that was quite enjoyable to see. He also... He signed a set of cards, and that was one of the raffle prizes. Oh, excellent. Uh, we'll finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Uh, nice and simple this week. What is the most underwhelming event you can remember? You must have either attended or watched the event. Uh, Reese, I'll start with you. Well, in terms of an event, I've got a boring answer. The worst thing I've ever watched was the, I think it was the 18-19 Champions League final. Was it Liverpool-Tottenham? We got a penalty in the first 60 seconds, and then a goal at the end. Absolute snooze fest. Uh, another another underwhelming event. Sorry to mention it again, but uh, after Dingwall, I, I remember I kept saying I had all sorts of plans for after it. So it was near my birthday, so my girlfriend had booked us a hotel for after Dingwall, and then I'd booked like, a, a big table for everyone at like Wonder Bar to celebrate Fisco's promotion. Uh, but obviously, after the game, obviously me and Hustle went to the hotel and still went out after, but I was lower than a worm's tip, so that was pretty underwhelming that night. Uh, it didn't, didn't go the way it was meant to go, so I still sore. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, Jamie? The real answer is Dingwall, but trying to avoid giving that as an answer. There's been a couple of movies I've been looking forward to and I've gone to, and they've been very underwhelming, such as the latest four film. I was really looking forward to that. I went and I thought it was absolutely terrible. That's one that springs to mind movie-wise. Yeah, Champions League final. I actually, that one did come to mind, the Liverpool-Tottenham game, and also, which other Champions League final was pretty boring? Oh, the PSG-Bayern or something. That was a really boring game as well, as far as I remember. So there's been, there's been a couple of them that have been pretty bad, and also for the Champions League final as well. That's just completely off topic. With the next Copa del Jags, we've got to get a draw as a draw team. Right, we'll work on that. We need to get draw as a draw t-shirts and merch sorted as well. And that's in the works. What what colours are kept? Right, TBC, Jamie. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take that off there. Get some concepts. Yep. Uh, David, what about you on this one, Potter Stasso? Um So, I mean, just just before we go on, it was just that, that Champions League final was a very, very strong shout. I don't think Reese Haldane's going to be going on the Anfield tour anytime soon, but I will say I went on the Anfield tour a couple of months ago, and they have a big thing about that 2019 final. And they have like a wee video thing, like displaying it as the most heroic game ever and stuff like that. And I was sitting there with my wife who knows little to nothing about football. And she watched this and this grandiose thing they had went, it was absolute dog shit. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. They have made made an absolute miracle out of that video to try and get anything out of it. That was really bad. I think for me, though, 
the most underwhelming thing I can remember in Eurovision 2020, they cancelled it because of COVID and they had all these big things. They're going to do this huge event sort of from home and stuff like that. And it was honestly terrible. It universally panned. Me and all my friends who watched Eurovision hated it. They didn't even show the songs. They had, it was so bad. I was really, really underwhelming. And it's like, yeah, it was like sort of May 2020. You know, there was only so much you could do. But at the same time, just really depressing and horrid and, yeah, terrible. Um, but that Champions League final is a great shout because that was really bad. But, um, yeah. Oh, and the other only other one I can think of is I once took my sister to see Megadeth. I've seen them a few times. My sister loves Megadeth. We took them and they were possibly the worst band I've seen in my life. They were so dull and just did not want to be there. Um, so Megadeth for the Ultra Academy on the Super Collider Tour, they were dreadful. So probably Megadeth. Uh, they were really bad the, the last time I seen them. But see that Champions League final, the thing that annoyed me the most is that the, that disgusting display from Tottenham, they done absolutely nothing and they robbed Ajax of that place. That Ajax team deserved to have won that Champions League just for getting to the semi and just how good that team were. And Tottenham went and just shot the bed. You're right. I think I was the one like Harry Kane played and he was basically injured and didn't do anything. No, you're right. That should have been Ajax in the final. Um, Heather, what about you? Um, well, Jamie made me think of one, which was when Fantastic Beasts came out, the, the Harry Potter, um, the one about, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Newt something. Um, I went to go the, to the midnight showing of that because apart from the way that I've spoken about it, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. And I went to the midnight showing and I fell asleep. So that was kind of underwhelming because I didn't like I didn't appreciate it slash I just yeah wasn't great and then but I actually my the one that I remembered was I mean recent Jamie you're probably too young for this but I remember in like 2012 like December time there was this whole big thing about how the world was going to end and um and everyone like there was like a date and a time and there was a big Facebook event that was like the world is ending at this time and just happened to be one of the boys in my year had a party that evening and we were like oh it's so you know it's great we're all together when it happens so we like baked it up massively we're like whoa this is so cool like yeah whatever and then and then obviously the time came past and we're still here now and I remember that was quite underwhelming because obviously it didn't happen and we just had to move on with it so yeah that was probably my most underwhelming event. Saying you were underwhelmed by the world not ending, it's got identical energy to Jeremy and Peep Show saying that he's been bored ever since 9-11. Uh, big fan of that. Jamie, your hand went straight up as soon as Heather mentioned Harry Potter. No, it wasn't Harry Potter, actually. It just, I just remembered one thing that was unbelievably underwhelming, and that was Line of Duty Season 6. My God. No, no, no. We'll take this off in as well, Jamie. You're wrong about this. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. You, you like being edgy and going against the general consensus. Most people hated that final, Matt. I remember arguing about you with you about this at the time. That final was terrible. That final reveal was awful. I cannot believe, honestly, for such a good show, the ending was horrific. Uh, you've missed the point, Jamie. You've missed no, the point. No, 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 no. Jed had to put out like, a Twitter statement basically defending the ending because people hated it so much. <laughs> Because people miss the point. People miss the point. You yeah, know we'll what, take, Jamie? We'll take it off here. No, that, that, that's no. I can't believe you're defending that, Matt. Shocking ending to such a good TV show. Shocking. I haven't actually finished Game of Thrones yet, but I've heard the ending of that's really bad as well. So come back in a couple months' time, and I'll tell you if that's more underwhelming than Line of Duty or not. 
I'd also heard that I, I mean, remember do... that 2012 thing. But I didn't. I was a bit young at the time when it was going on, but I do remember it getting mentioned. Also, Even... speaking of age, <laughs> last week Matt said something, and I felt like it was targeted. Said something about his old age. Matt, we are not old, and if you're old, then I'm older. So not having that. But it wasn't targeted. Um, when I'm on this call, I'm old in comparison. Um, and when people are messaging and saying, "When are we setting up TikToks?" Um, David, if you've got like a spare few hours in your week, we should set up a spin-off podcast to draw those or draw what we just do like extended partridge thistles, discuss line of duty finales, uh, debunk Harry Potter, that sort of things of that nature. Um if you if you've got like a spare three or four hours, I know that you're never not editing podcasts. In terms of underwhelming things, uh, I agree with the 2019 Champions League final. That was that was bad. Um in terms of international tournaments, I think we've got to be looking at Euro 2016. That was very bad. On the Harry Potter theme, the the last of a Harry Potter movie, maybe controversial here, bad, very very bad. The last movie compared to the book. Um, I I asked this question just because I spent four days of my life watching the 2023 Open Championship, which was was very bad. Um, fair play to Brian Harmon, played well, but as as a fan of a bit of drama and golf, just not not a good watch at all. I totally agree, Matt. It was, I just felt like it never got going. And I just felt like it was just littered with mistakes. And normally, obviously, mistakes are fun. But like when when they're all in the pack together. But I think that was probably one of the most boring Sundays that we've had in ages in, in golf. Yeah, I think if, Har- if Harmon shot 65 on Friday... I've got non-golf fans tuning out. But if he did that on Sunday, at least it'd have been a bit exciting because he'd have been part of the pack going into Sunday. And he'd be like, wow, wow, I really took that away from everyone right at the end. But yeah, just the way it played, it wasn't great. I don't think it's been a great year for, for majors. I don't think any of them have been really outstanding. But we go again I mean, next year. Ryder Cups. And-, and and also just to say that, like, imagine you're John Ram and you shoot, like, you know, what he did on Saturday and still not to be anywhere near the mix. Yeah. Mad. Any other business anyone wants to bring up before we we close? Can I mention the open day? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm saying this and then I'm thinking, I don't know how much the club have put out about it yet. But on Sunday, which is the 30th, there is going to be an open day at Fir Hill. And I it the first team will be there, so the ladies team before their game later on that day. And I know the other... Um, things affiliated with the football club such as Jags for Good, the Charitable Trust, myself with Her Game 2 and also the Jags Foundation will be having some stalls and things. I'm currently sorting my lucky dip which will be very exciting Um, so I believe that will be a, a good day out on Sunday and the club and the various social medias of our um, of the club will be putting out details for that but stay tuned and it should be a really good day thanks very much we happy to leave it there anyone get anything else jamie get any more tv hot takes you want to get off your chest right we will leave it there if you've made it this far into the podcast as always thank you very much we'll be back next week to look back on hopefully our league cup progression against spartans and to look ahead to the first league game of the season against Wraith Rovers. In the meantime, stay safe and buy a season ticket.